Let me start by reading a few verses from Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in flood all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water was flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea. It was completely cut off. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood until everyone had crossed over. We'll leave it there. Uh, I apparently, I was reading an article in the, the Daily Mail, which uh, is the source obviously of all truth and fallible truth, but I was reading it yesterday and it was saying that, uh, that they were asking millennials, what is middle age? And they came up with 45. So I am officially, I'm 46 actually in a few weeks' time, but I am officially middle-aged now. And they, they said, well, how do you know someone is middle-aged? Or the other phrase, they, they said, how do you know someone's stuck in the dark ages? And, uh, and here's some of the signs that uh, you're, you're, you're maybe a little bit past it. You put a hanky up your sleeve. You get bills through the post instead of online. You have posh cutlery for special occasions. You write lists with pen and paper. You're on Facebook. You talk on the phone. <laughs> oh dear, how few people actually talk. There's a whole generation of, if you have teenage children, you'll know. Like the thought of having a proper conversation on that thing, when you can text, why, why would you? Um, signs you're past it. You order a cappuccino. Your underwear is M&S. <laughs> You watch Country File for the weather forecast at the end. You ask for a milk and two sugars in your tea. You still have a DVD collection. (laughs) I see that hand. In memory of Pastor McConnell, I see that hand. Bless him. We honour him today. Uh, How do you know that you're past it? You still send checks for people's birthdays. Can I say... 2nd of August, if you want to send a cheque, I will, you will have a special anointing upon you. Uh, how do you know you're past it? You don't recognise any Love Island contestants. Got a text. Uh, you plan, or no, yeah, you turn down the music when you park the car. Anybody else do that? I do that. Or when, like, when I'm just a little bit stressed in the car, I turn down the music as if somehow that'll help me drive better. You ask for your steak, well done. Apparently that's not what the hip young'uns do these days. Or here's the, the last one uh, that I, I could relate to. You know you're past it when you become obsessed with Binde. <laughs> Anybody else this week, especially when you were like, what day are they lifting it? And I'm middle-aged. We're thinking about in the middle today. In the text that we read a few moments ago, it says that they stopped in the middle. They stopped in the middle of the Jordan. In the middle. And that's where you and I find ourselves right now. We're in the middle. We're in the middle of all this stuff that's going on around us. This this unusual, pivotal, unprecedented, which is a word that we hate, but 
this moment in history, we are in the middle of it. And we have come out of it to some extent. We're not where we were over the last 18 months, but we haven't entered into the fullness and freedom of the other side yet. We're in the middle. We're not where we were even six months ago during the, the, the lockdown at the start of the year. But we, we haven't got into full freedom yet. People are still wearing masks. There's all these different variants that we hear about every other day. There's amber lists and green lists that change every 12 hours. Just as you've booked your holiday, they, they tell you that you have to quarantine when you come home. There's, 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 we're in the middle and, 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 and everything feels uncertain. Everything feels a little bit unpredictable. You know, nothing's, nothing's as it was. You know, it used to be that if you said to someone, I wouldn't touch you with a six-foot barge pole, it was a, you know, it, it, you were, it was rude. And now it's like, good, you're a good citizen if you wouldn't touch someone with a, a six-foot barge pole. My wife, I came down wearing jeans one day a few weeks ago, just on the, like a regular school day, and my wife's like, oh, look at you, all fancy dressed up. Because we've all been wearing tracksuit bottoms for the last 18 months. The leisure wear industry has done incredibly well. If there's a birthday party for one of your kids, try getting them to blow out the candles, the candles and getting everyone to eat the cake. Never going to happen again. Never going to happen again. Everything has changed. And the middle is a difficult place to be because we like certainty. There's something within the human psyche that we like certainty, we like predictability, we like comfort. That's why we go back to the same hotels every year. That's why we take the same route to work. That's why we stay in jobs that we mightn't even like, but we know at least that we don't like them. We like predictability and we like comfort. And in the middle of the uncertainty, it, it, it shakes us, it, it unnerves us, it, it makes us feel insecure, it makes us feel like we're not really sure what to do. Everything's ambiguous and we're a little bit all over the place because we're in the middle, because the middle is a difficult place. See, starting something's good. I like starting things. When you start something, there's the excitement, there's the anticipation, there's the expectation of, of something new. And finishing things is great. When you're finishing something, you have a sense of accomplishment and achievement. But what about the, the middle? What about the middle? Some of you maybe have run a marathon. If you've ever run a marathon, you probably the first few miles were great. Maybe the first five, ten miles are great. And then they say that around miles 16 to 20, you hit the wall in the middle. But if you can push through the wall, you can finish the marathon because the last three, four miles are much easier. But you need to push through the middle. Those of you who are married or want to get married, the first part of marriage is great. The dating and the wedding and the cake and the dancing and all of that's exciting and the ceremony and the wedding night and your honeymoon and the first three years of the honeymoon period. And, and you know what? If you've been married 50 years, 60 years, the end's good generally. You know, it's kind of like I've stuck you this long. I'm not going to take any chances. Now, there was a couple sitting down here in the first service who'd been married 46 years and she just said, you know, you know it's too long now to, to even risk it. You know, um, I may as well stick with them. But you know what's the difficult about a marriage? The middle bit. The seven to 15 years. That's when in most marriages they've shown actually fall apart. It's, it's the middle bit. It's the middle bit. I've written four books over the last few years that are all available on amazon.co.uk um, should anyone want. But there's a lot of pages in some of these books and there's not even any, any pictures in them. They're like proper writing. And, and the, the, the longest one I wrote was this one, uh, 100 Days. 
I took a, I, I read a chapter a day. And I, when I thought about doing this, it seemed like a really good idea. And for the first 10, 15 days it was. See, by day 25, I was losing the will to live. Because I'd still 75 days to go. And we were in Lanzarote. And we were getting up in the morning, having breakfast. Then at 10 o'clock, I'd leave Becky and Elijah at the pool. And I'd say, I'm going to write for three hours. And I would head back down to, and I'd write. In the middle, I wanted to give up. But the last 10 chapters were pretty easy. In the middle is when you want to give up. In the middle is when you want to step back. The start is fun. The start is exciting. And the end is, is an accomplishment. But the middle is where we tend to lose our focus a little bit. And we're in the middle right now. And the middle's not exciting. Things go slowly in the middle. And so what I want to do right now is to speak into maybe where we're at and to maybe just help you navigate through this middle bit so that we can come out into the next place and the next season and the next era, in fact, that I believe God has for us. Because in Joshua 3, the Israelites are in the middle. God's people are in the middle. They've come out of Egypt 40 years before this, remember, Moses went and delivered them. And they were supposed to take about two weeks to get into the promised land, but it's taken them 40 years. In other words, it's taken much longer than they expected. And isn't that the same as us? This whole thing has taken much longer than we expected. Two weeks to flatten the curve. 18 months later, the curve is still going like a roller coaster. And what happened in Israel was that the wilderness was meant to be a place that they passed through, but as they began to spend 40 years in it, it became normal. That the uncomfortableness of the desert became comfortable. That it became familiar and it became safe and it became a place that actually they kind of just settled. And that's a little bit like us, I think, in many ways. Things that were abnormal 18 months ago have become normal. Things that were unusual have become usual. It's not normal to wear masks. It's not normal not to give your friends a hug. It's not normal to not see your family if they're in hospital. It is not normal to not be able to go on holidays. It is not normal to not be able to come back and, 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 and plan three months, six months down the line. This is not normal, but it has begun to feel normal, hasn't it? And it almost feels like when, when things are returned to normality, we almost feel like there's going to be another lockdown. Because... The abnormal has become normal and the, the normal has become abnormal. Things that used to be unacceptable or unusual have become completely normal for us. And that's the way God's people were in the wilderness. You know, it's like when you meet somebody, what do you do? Like when you meet some, somebody introduces you to somebody now, what do you do? Instinctively in the past, you went like this. There's a good chance you'll be left hanging with your hand out at this point. Or you used to give somebody a hug when you met them. Now you give them an elbow. It used to be if you give somebody an elbow, that was rude. You know, now you, now you, now you give them an elbow. Elbow. That's not normal. None of this is normal. The abnormal has become normal. And so we find ourselves at this transitional point between where we were and where we're going. And Israel find themselves at this transitional point between the wilderness and the promised land. And the only thing in between them is the River Jordan. And the River Jordan in Scripture stands for transition. Anytime the River Jordan comes up in the Scripture, there's normally transition happening, a significant transition. Remember Jesus, when he was beginning his public ministry, when did it start? In the River Jordan. He was baptized with the Spirit, and then he began his ministry. The River Jordan is a place of transition. 
And on the other side of the Jordan is the promised land. It's the place promised to Moses, but also to Abraham. This is 400 years of promise there. But they have got used to 40 years in the wilderness, but on the other side of the river is the unexpected. It's the unknown. They've never been this way before. And that's actually what God says. Look at verse 4. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. This is completely unfamiliar territory they are entering ahead of them in the future. They have no idea what to expect. And isn't that us? We have no idea what to expect in the next three months or six months. We have no idea what 2022 is going to bring. It used to be that you could make a 12-month, a three-year, a five-year plan. It's difficult to make a three-week plan at the minute because everything changes because we're in the middle. We've never been this way before. This whole situation is completely new to everybody. None of us have ever lived in a time like this before. If you're a parent, you've never lived in a time like this before. If you're a son or daughter, you've never lived in a time like this. If you own a business or you are an employee, you've never lived in a time like this before. I've never led a church through a time like this before. We've never been this way before. So what does that mean? Well, I think it means a few things. Because we've never been here before, here's what I think we need to do. I think we need to have a little bit more grace for ourselves and others. I think we need to have a little bit more grace for ourselves and others. Because we've never been here before. If you're a parent and you find yourself screaming at your child every other day for the last 18 months, and you feel like the worst parent in the world, have a little bit of grace for yourself. If you've been isolated and alone and you're not even sure how to relate or connect with people anymore and you feel insecure and you feel weird when you're around people, have a little bit of grace in yourself. If you're finding it hard to get motivated, you're finding it hard to focus, everything seems a bit blurry and fuzzy and all over the place, have a little bit of grace for yourself at the moment. If you're married and you're struggling with just sitting in the same house with that person every day. Have a little bit of grace for yourselves at the moment. If you're battling things right now that you weren't battling a year and a half ago, have a little bit of grace in yourself at the minute. Because you know what? None of us have ever been this way before. And can I also say this? Have a little bit of grace in others as well. Give others a little bit of extra grace. Don't hold others to a higher standard than you want to be held yourself. We've never been this way before. And so we need to have a little bit more grace for ourselves and for others than we've ever had. I was reading an article this last week that said that at the minute 40% of employees are reconsidering their careers. 40%. Two out of five people who are working are asking themselves, is this what I really want to do? People are looking for meaning and purpose and significance and satisfaction. People, everything has changed and it's not going back. This isn't going to change in a week or two. This disruption, the the impact of it is going to be felt probably for decades. In the church, things have changed. Everything is different than it was. And we don't know what it looks like because we've never been this way before. So we need to be graceful with ourselves and we need to be graceful with others. Let's keep moving. What do you do in the middle? Look at the text, verses 7 and 8. 
And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go stand in the river. God says to Joshua, tell the priest to go and stand in the middle. But they're carrying the ark. The ark of the covenant was the presence of God in the Old Testament. It contained the Ten Commandments. It was a gold box. It was normally in the temple in the Holy of Holies. But now they're carrying it with them. And they say, go and carry the ark and stand in the middle. So they're about to cross over. They've got the wilderness where they've just come from on this side. The desert. And they've got the promised land on this side. And God says, I want you to stand in the middle. And here's the thing, when you're in the middle, you can see both ways. You can see where you've come from, and you can see where you're going. And he says, stand there. And I think there's something at the minute where the Lord wants us just to stop and take stock. You see, everything had changed since they were brought out of Egypt 40 years ago. In fact, a whole generation that came out of Egypt are no longer with them except Moses, or except Joshua and Caleb. Everyone else died. And so there's a whole new generation. Moses has died, the leader who brought them out. Everything has changed. In other words, they've had some losses back there. There's people who started the journey with them who aren't going to continue the journey with them. And I think at this time, it's important that we just take stock. And some of us need to take stock of our losses. We need to look back and go, God, what did I have two years ago that I don't have anymore? And some people who were part of our lives, some people who were maybe very central to our lives 18 months ago, are no longer walking alongside us. Maybe they've moved away. Maybe you've grown apart. Maybe you've changed and they didn't. Maybe, they've, maybe you've just drifted apart. But there are some people who were part of our past who are not going to be part of our future. And that's what happens in significant moments of transition. That some people who have gone as far as they can go with you and can't go any longer, or you've gone as far as you can go with them, and it used to be there was a real ease with them. You used to love meeting them for coffee every week, and now you meet them and you feel like you have nothing to talk about. There's some people who were central to your life, maybe even central to this church, 18 months ago, who are no longer walking into the future with us. And can I say to you, that's okay. That's okay. We honor the people of our past. We thank God for the role and the place they played in our lives. But we're not going to spend our lives looking over our shoulders at what was when God is leading us forward into what he has for us. And so we say, thank you, God, for that. But I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to stay stuck there. I'm not going to spend my life looking over my shoulder. You see, Joshua didn't do a poll. He didn't take a survey to see if people wanted to cross over. You know, he didn't send the guys out with clipboards asking, you know, what day would you like to close, close, you know, cross over? What, what would, yeah. He just said, we're crossing over because God has told us to. And if you're coming with us, you're coming with us. And if you're not, you're not. But we're not going to stay on the side of the wilderness just so you can catch up with us. We're crossing over into the promised land. The other thing that you can do in the middle is this. You can look back and see how far you've come. See, I don't know about you, but I've got this flaw, okay? I know you're all perfect. I've got this flaw. 
And I always see where I fall short. I always see where I could be doing better. I look at my life and I look at who I want to be. And I can see that gap there between who I am right now and the... I, you know, I don't know, I've kind of got this perfect Craig in my head somewhere. This imaginary perfect Craig who never sins, never says anything wrong, never says a bad word ever, is the perfect husband, the perfect father, the perfect pastor. I've got this perfect Craig out there. And I see where I am now and I see that gap and I constantly am like, I live in that tension of that gap. And that's okay. I think we should have aspirations to grow and be more. But you know what we also need to do in the middle? We need to look back and go, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Yes, I'm not who I want to be, and I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. Thank God that, I, that you have delivered me from that. Thank you that you have brought me out of that. Thank you, God, that you have changed me in that. Thank you, God, that you have done a work in me. Thank you, God, that you moved me on from that. So, yes, I see that gap there, but I also want to acknowledge that other gap and give you praise and glory. So, thank you, God, that I'm not where I was. And thank you, God, that I'm not where I want to be because that means there's still room for me to move forward. That's what we do in the middle. We look back and we look forward. And that's my next point. I believe the next thing God would say to us is keep moving forward. Yes, Stop and take stock in the middle. God said to the priest, stand in the middle. But he didn't say stay in the middle. There's a difference between standing and staying. And some people I know are stuck right now because they've stayed too long in a place that we're meant to pass through. We were up at the beach a few weeks ago in Port Stewart. And we had lunch or dinner in Harry's shack and we were walking along the beach afterwards with that hound of ours, and uh, free to a good home. And uh, in fact, we'll pay you, I'll pay you. Um, but uh, there was a car about halfway down the beach that was stuck. It was stuck. And it was stuck because it had stayed too long. The beach was now closed, and it had stayed too long, and it was stuck. And some of us are stuck in life because we've stayed somewhere too long. That God had called us to walk through it. God had called us to pass through it. God had called us to build a tent there, but we built a house. God had called us to, to be, for it to be a temporary place, but we got comfortable and we stayed there too long. And what I believe God wants to say to some of you right now is this, keep on moving. That's what he spoke to me at the very start of this thing back in 2020, in March 2020. He said, Craig, I want you to keep on moving with hope. You may move slower than you've moved before, but I don't want you to stop. I want you to keep moving this church forward, and by God's grace, we have continued to move forward. But I believe the same is true for you. Some of you are feeling really stuck right now, and maybe you're stuck because you've just stopped too long in the wrong place. Because you know, when they push a car out of the sand, what do they say to the driver? Keep on moving. Keep on going. Keep on going. And some of us need that shove. We need that purse. But when we get going, you know what we need to do? Is keep on going. 
Because the last year, we've been able to lie around a little bit more. We've, got sat, we've sat on the sofa. We've watched everything Netflix has ever made and, and Amazon Prime has ever made. We've watched things on BBC that were reruns of from the 1980s. And we've got stuck. We've become a bit sedentary. We've become a bit passive. And we've become a bit... And God says, I just need some of you to get moving again. I need some of you just to get moving again. Keep moving forward. And I know it's difficult to plan and prepare when you don't know what the future holds. I would say to you, do it anyway. You know, we have had more holidays cancelled over the last two years. We have still a week booked in Lanzarote at the end of October. Why? Just in case. Because I don't want to live my life on pause. I want to look to the future and take steps and do things. I'm planning for this church. We're thinking of the future of this church. We're looking at buildings. We're, we're putting up a new youth center out there. We, but we believe it's going to be temporary. But all of that, you know, I do not want us to get stuck here because we don't know what the future holds. Some of you just need to do something. Do something, but don't get stuck. Take a step, and that leads to my next point. Look at verse 13. Take a step. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand in a heap. God says this. He says, I want the priests carrying the ark to go and stand in the flowing, flooded river. In other words, I want them to get their feet wet. And here's what I'm going to do. When they will put their feet in the river, away upstream, somewhere that they can't see, I'm going to stop the flow of water. If I had been there, I would have said, God, I have a really, I have a much better idea. You stop the flow of water and I'll step into the river. And God says, no, that's not the way it works. When you take a step of faith, I will move on your behalf. Some of you have heard me say this many times. Our God is a motion-sensitive God. I believe our God is a motion-sensitive God. Everything's motion-sensitive at the minute. You go into a toilet, praise the Lord, you don't even have to turn a handle anymore. You just put your hand in front of the motion sensor, it flushes. Go to the sink, Tai Chi under the, you know, the, the water comes out. The soap comes out. The hand dryer. You don't touch anything. Why? It's motion-sensitive. When you move, It works. I believe our God is a motion-sensitive God. When we move, he moves. And very often I believe we are waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. And God would say, I am waiting on you to get off your blessed assurance and do what I have asked you to do. You see, most of us don't need more clarity. We just need more courage. Most of us know what God wants us to do. We're just not doing it. And some of us just need to take one step. It says as soon, as soon as their feet touched the water, the water stopped flowing. As soon as they took a step, God did something. And when you take that step of faith, all of heaven is waiting to back you up. What is that one step for you? What is the one step of faith that God could be calling you to take? Maybe it's to start something new, to start a business. Maybe it's to start serving somewhere in a new ministry. Maybe it's to help with the kids or the youth here. Maybe it's to start a new course at university. Something you've always wanted to do but haven't done. Maybe it's to ask somebody out. Men, women, don't ask the guys out, please, okay? Let them know that you like them, but let them ask you. That's an aside. That was a freebie for the single girls out there. 
But maybe, guys, it's to ask somebody out. Maybe it's to tithe for the first time. You know every time money's mentioned, you squirm a little because you know you're meant to tithe and you don't. Just take one step. Take a step of faith and watch God. You know, God will not ask that girl out for you. God won't apply for that job for you. But if you will take a step of faith, all of heaven will come in behind you. And here's what happens. As they enter into the new place, I'm nearly done. They are now following the Ark of the Covenant. For 40 years, what has happened? They have been led through the wilderness, through the desert high, by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. How have they been fed every day? They woke up every morning and there was manna on the ground. Manna literally in the Hebrew means, what is it? When I cook at home, that's what Becky asks, what is it? So every day they followed the cloud, they followed the fire, there was manna on the ground. Do you know where that stops? That stops at the Jordan. Do you notice there's no, there's no word of a cloud here? There's no word of a pillar of fire? There's no word of manna? Why? Because when you transition into the next place, when you move, and I believe this is not just a new season, this is a new era we're entering. This is the first season of a new era. That's how significant this whole time, this pivotal time in history is. As you move in there, the way... The way God meets with you and the way God provides for you and the way God interacts with you may be very different than he did in the last season and era. You see, manna was lovely, but it was a bit bland. But you know what he's got for them now? Milk and honey. And the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud was great, but now they've got the Ark of the Covenant and they've got Joshua, their leader. And I believe that God has said, I don't want to just change the way I relate to you. I want to upgrade the way I relate to you. It's not just about manna, which is this kind of white flaky stuff on the ground. It's a land dripping with milk and honey. And God never takes us backwards. He takes us forwards. God never takes us from glory to glory. He takes us from glory to glory. And so when we move forward, we can trust that whatever God has for us there is better than what we have left behind back there. So what do they do? They follow the ark. They follow the ark. The ark representing the presence of God. They follow the ark. The same God who led them through the wilderness, the same God who provided for them for 40 years is the same God who is now going ahead of them into unknown territory. And I want to say that to you today. That the same God who has been with you for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years is the same God who goes into the future. I don't know what the next three months hold. He does. I have no idea what 2022 is going to be like. Do you know what? 2022 is going to be no surprise to him whatsoever. So what's my responsibility or what's my response? Do you know what it is? I follow the Lord. I follow his presence. I, 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 I keep in step with the Spirit. I stay close to Jesus. I keep my walk with God clean. 
I don't allow distractions. I don't allow dirt. I don't allow other things to come in, but I keep my walk with God clean so that I can see the ark and I can follow it and so that I can follow God in the future because the God who has been faithful is the God who will be faithful. The God who brought us this far is the God who will bring us there. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And so as a church here, that's what we're going to do. We're simply going to go where God leads. And I have no idea what that is. I would love to be one of those leaders who stands up with a, you know, a flip chart and tells you the next three things. I have no idea, but I can tell you this. Hope Church is going to follow God. We're going to... We're going to be led by God. We're going to be directed by God. We're going to be, we're not going to be personality driven. This is never about me or anyone. We're not going to be program driven, trying to put on as many meetings as we can. We're not going to be performance driven. We're going to be presence centered. Something is going on here, guys. This church has changed in the last 18 months. This church has changed in the last 18 months. God's presence is dwelling among us in unusual ways. And it's increasing and it will increase. And I'd never want to lose that. Can I be blunt? I don't care about bums on seats or money in the bank account as much as I care about the presence of God. Because to have this place packed and to have a bank account full of money, but not to have his presence, I would rather go and work across the road somewhere. We want his presence. And we will be led forward by his presence. But when I say we, I don't just mean me. I mean we. I mean you. I pray that as we step into this next season and this next era, as you step into the unknown that lies ahead, that you would keep your focus firmly fixed on him. And wherever he goes, you go. Don't deviate to the right or to the left. And as you do that, you will see that he will lead you into the fullness of the good future he has promised you.